Good evening all, I'm Devar Krasniansky from Adayad and welcome to our Shidduch You series where we're talking about all things Shidduchim. Uh, today we have Rachel Duchman who is a dating coach to really talk about different things that come up during dating for successful dating and lots of tips. So Rachel, before we get started, can you talk a little bit about what you do as a dating coach and your website? Okay. Um, so my website, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. You'll get a chance to get to know why I got involved in this to begin with, some of my background history. I also actually put up there a lot of my um, reels and different um, uh, uh, YouTubes that I did with different people, different um, podcasts and stuff. Um, and you get overall feeling. Um, and what's the address? Oh, it's... it's um, autumncoaching.net okay um so to say a little bit what i do exactly basically what it says basically the whole idea as far as if you ask me what is the whole idea and what's the general concept of a coach a coach is somebody who uh, a client comes in and probably the first one of the first questions i'm going to ask the client is where are you right now and where is it that you'd like to be? Right. And now let's see what's getting in the way of you getting to that place where you want to be. And then what I say is, so listen to the young man, the young woman, the parent, whoever it may be, you're in the driver's seat. You get to be the driver. I'm here to be your cheerleader. I'm going to cheer for you. I know you're whole, you're complete. You could do anything you set your mind to. There's nothing that you cannot do. So let's go. To, we're going to win the journey on this. Take this journey together. I'm going to cheer for you when you're going a ride. Sometimes, you know, you might like a left turn by mistake instead of the right. I'll just get you back on track. And we go from there. And just remember all the time, you're in the driver's seat. It's about what you want. Not what your mother wants. Not what your grandmother wants. Not what your shatchin wants. It's what you want. And I'm going to help you get that. And we'll take that journey together. Especially because it's your marriage. And you're the one who's going to be in it for the rest of your life. So it's really important to make the just work through what's going on for you and not the, from the pressure from anyone else. I see that a lot. But, uh, so let's talk about what kind of questions come into you and what kind of things are you seeing more recently? The things that are different in Shaddachim? So first of all, I just want to say now, don't, don't get me wrong. Your parents are extremely important and um, they they care and love you so deeply that they're going to do everything in their power to help you. Sometimes they just get a little bit in the way. And I will clearly say to parents, move out of the way. At the same time, I will tell young women and young men is your parents get a hergish sometimes and listen to them. They know what they're doing and they have your best interests in mind. So those are like, depending on the individual situation. Um, I think when you ask me, like, what's sort of, what are the issues coming up now in Shidduchim, um, I think part of what I'm seeing a lot is when a young man or a young woman, I like to say girls and boys, sometimes people don't like when I say that, but I, th I talk about myself as a girl too, so, yeah. and I'm a great grandmother, so I guess it's okay. When they do start out, when they don't have the tools and they haven't had a little bit of a, of a talk with someone about what the dating is all about and how you should proceed through the dating process, what I'm finding is young men, young women, they're sometimes saying no way too quickly because they think after the second date, they need to know if they want to marry that guy or not. And guess what? No, you don't. You don't need to know if you want to marry them yet. Interesting thing, the rabbi says, take, uh, take the time you need when you're dating. Take as much time as you need, okay? So, of course, we'll go about saying that it shouldn't get slapped out for no reason, but you don't need to know. All you need to know is, I'm okay with the last time I went, we spent a few hours together, how did that go? Okay, and then you need to know that, I'd like to get to know more about this young man. I'd like to get, I'd like to get to know a little more about this girl. I don't know anything yet. I don't have any feelings. I don't have no nothing. 
And also a very important point is the, there is a little bit of a structure to the dating process, which could help them. You know, I don't count the numbers of dates. I don't say your first date, your third date. I say the dating process has different stages in it. And those young men and women who have worked with me, taken my course, or I've coached them one-on-one, -on -one, it's so incredible. I love it when I see them at the beginning of the session and at the end, they're kind of like this and all of a sudden they're smiling, their shoulders are relaxed and they feel so much better about going and moving forward and moving ahead. So all this is, is, is definitely part of it. You know, Baruch Hashem, I have seven children, not one of them uses the coach. So sometimes people will ask the question, what do we need it for? 1,000%, Baruch Hashem, every day, young girls and boys are getting engaged without using a coach. We are in different times. And all that we see is the ones that are using them, it really moves away some of the unnecessary traffic and unnecessary bumps in the road. And it just helps them have a smoother journey and a more relaxed and promising, um, you know, dating time i think it takes away some of the anxiety some of those questions i know that when i work with with my clients they have questions and they just don't like some sometimes they just don't know how to move forward and we just kind of work through it like what is it you're hoping to accomplish so we can move forward and so, uh, so that dating doesn't have to be as stressful as some people for some people it's wonderful and for some people that is added stress that they can really work through so coaching really has its place for some people. Color Kavod, you, you don't don't need coaches. I'm not saying that everyone should, but for some people, it's really helpful. So you're finding that people don't know what to expect from dating. Those are the younger daters. Right, right. I I do find that it's not that they don't know what to expect. Yeah, it is part of that. And it's just that if you go through certain things with them, knowledge is power. Okay. So when you give them knowledge about certain things, you're just empowering them. And, the, and then they could feel better. And the whole thing, just like you said, they're more relaxed and they know that if they're nervous, that's part of it. It's okay. It's normal. You know, when we point out certain things, which are, First of all, each person is an individual. Even you, now you're going out with a different young man or young woman, it's suddenly a whole different case. And you go according to the two of you. It has nothing to do even with the last person you dated. Right. So it's so extremely important to help them sort of just, you know, kind of get back on track and have a little bit clarity and have some good ideas of how to move forward when they have like, well, I don't know, what is this? Or, you know, yes, some have that, some even later on when we, we come and say, let's see, maybe there's something that, why, what's been going on until now? Those are for young men and women who've been dating for a while. And we would, might find sometimes that it, they get stuck at the same place. Hi. So that's when, right. So that's when we know, okay, let's work this through. You don't have to get stuck here anymore. We're going to help you through. You're going to get it. You could do this girl. You could do this, you know, um, sir, just, let's talk about it and let's see what's getting in your way. And we're going to just get it and move it out of the way. Right. So let's talk us through some specific cases that come through and some questions that we got in advance. So let's go with this one first. When a shit seems to stay at the same place, what can people do to get over the hump? Okay, that's an excellent question. I usually tell the young girls and the young boys that as long as it's bumping up even the slightest amount, it's okay. It's like a ladder. You have rungs. You know, sometimes you may not even go up a full rung. You'll go up a half a rung. But as long as it's a little bit bumped up, they're good. There's nothing to worry about. I'll even tell them sometimes somewhere in stage two, there might be a time where they have a date that just went really off. Right. And it's almost like they went backwards and like, yet they know there's something there. So I'll say to them, you know what? That's okay. Let's talk about it. Let's see what it is. And something there is, it was like, we fell backwards just a little bit only so that you're going to go even higher on the next date. Okay. Some, each individual is really different when you get to such a place. Sometimes it means that the young girl and the young boy were a little bit too serious for too long. Mm -hmm. 
maybe it's time on the next date just to go and see if you could just have fun together. Just that's it. Don't get so deep into questions. Don't get so deep into conversations. Just do something that's lighter. Just lighten it up. Okay. That's where they're standing, where they get that place where they feel it's not moving forward. It really depends on what each individual, where they're standing, what have they already, how has the dating gone till here? How do they feel? Where have they come to? And then be able to give them advice from where they're standing at the moment. But there's lots of things that could be where they can get it. It's going to either continue and go higher or they're going to come to the realization that if it's not going up and we try a few different things, then maybe it's just time to say, you could be a really nice young man. I could be a really nice young woman, but just not for each other. But I would not be able to give you a, a list like this. It really is individual. So individual, but yes, there are so many things that can Let's be done. Let's just say that they, get, they got to the point where they shared all the basic information and neither of them wants to get vulnerable. Neither of them wants to start sharing the private information. Like there's personal information and there's private information. And I think that they're two different things. And I, I do encourage people to start with personal information, meaning things that are unique to them, like how they got into the job they got into, what do you say that's personal? That's how I define as personal, but some people don't want to move into private. Okay. And they just keep getting stuck there. Without a question, dating, you need to become vulnerable during dating. Okay. So me, I told you, I give the different stages. I don't know if now it's the time to explain each stage, but this is where it would be stage in middle of stage two. And you must become vulnerable. And I say, it's like this, you open up the door a little bit. And each time you open it up a little bit more, your first conversations in stage one is only conversations, nothing personal. The same conversation perhaps you would have with someone sitting next to you on the airplane, okay? Or you meet on the train, someone that you just meet and you friendly and you're warm. That could be one date, that could be three dates, that could be five dates, depending on two individuals. Right. Stage two is where you're going to spend most of your time. That's the time where you do start little by little to open up and to become vulnerable. And that's the longest part of the dating. And I say that here's what, here's what really the way I see it. In general, things have changed a little bit, like from our days. My days are even different than your days and everything. But it used to be the guy came in with his head, with his mind, with the mayach, right? And he's, he's in his head. And many, many times, somewhere down the line, somebody had to actually tell him. And I've heard this even recently from rabbis who give about Hasidic dating. Get out of your head and get into your heart. Okay? Girls used to come in all with their hearts maybe only with their hearts. We came in, we were excited, we're going out, we're gonna have a date, we're gonna get a collar, we're gonna become a, a wife, a mother, all that was in front of us. We were so excited about it. We came in completely with our hearts. Things have changed. Girls come in now with their minds. Are they smarter than we were? Not necessarily. Maybe they're a little more educated. Maybe they've done more things than we have by this stage of our lives. You know, it's a different world we're living in. And I, I, I say to the girls now, you know, it's okay that you're going to go in with your head, but do yourself a favor, go in equally at the same time you're going with your head, also go in with your heart from day one, open it up just a little bit. And as you're going to go on, you'll open it up more. There is no way to go through this complete dating thing without becoming vulnerable. There is just no way. So, you know, again, each, each two people, each couple that's dating will come to this place different times. And even between the two, one will be more comfortable maybe sooner than the other. We coach them and we encourage them by, you know, once we know how did the last date go and where are they up to, well, now perhaps the next stage is to whatever it is that we feel that they're up to. And if one will be brave enough to open, hopefully it'll help the other one also open up that little bit more. Okay. And then when you're getting further and further 
maybe you're starting to get, like you said, personal or private, but hopefully the good is also already growing. So you know that this is someone that maybe has for sure the potential for you spending your life with them. So you're okay. And let's just say it doesn't work out. I don't think you told them yet anything that you would have to be sorry that he would, he or she would repeat to somebody else. You, it's, it's a process. You came to the next stage. You embraced that stage and you went on. And so hopefully, you know, if it ends up for whatever reason that it doesn't, you don't end up together, each one will respect the other. And if there's something that they know, they, they'll just take it out of their heads and not share it with anybody else. You know what I mean? Nice. But there is no way. I don't know. Maybe you have a secret. I don't think there's any way to do this and to do it properly without becoming vulnerable. You must be vulnerable. The way it is, dating is about finding out about the other person. But it's also about find, uh, sharing about yourself and making sure that you know that they, they accept you with that. So it's especially those vulnerable pieces that is in your best interest to share. You want to know that he accepts or she accepts that you have anxiety or that you are messy or not messy or always, you know, like a very, very neat, you want, or, or, or even past addictions or challenged families or debt, all those things, and especially the things that people may say no to are those things that you really want to make sure that someone actually knows that about you and accepts that about you. So if I'd like to just add in something over here, I like to encourage the girls and the boys. Basically the Rebbe says, when you start out, you should look first for the good in the other person. So when I talk to them about the stages, stage two, you're not allowed to talk anything negative yet. Sorry. Only the good about each other. Talk about your mylist. Be a little, you get to boast and to brag a little bit, okay? When it comes to this, if you're you're a teacher, you're working, oh, I love it, and the kids love me, and you get more and more, whatever it is. When Whatever it may be, you only get to share the good. Why is this so important? This is, it's it's basically Tanya. It's not me. It's, it's Hasidus, and it's also the science behind coaching, right? What happens? A thought comes into your mind automatically that thought that comes into your mind, you hear something, you learn something, you see something, it immediately creates a feeling. If I tell you some really great piece of news, you know, like a girl that you've been really working with, she just became a Kala, you're going to break, break out in a, see, you did it. You, you, a smile came on your face immediately. I just made you feel good and happy. Now, whatever else you're going to do right now, if we said, okay, bye, you're going to, whatever you're doing, you're going to have a bounce to your to what you're doing. You're a positive space creates a good place of when you when your feelings lead to actions and your actions leads to your results. When you have good feelings, you'll do good actions and you'll have amazing results. So before you have to share the things that are what I call maybe weaknesses or it's not such perfect things, you want to create first a good place. Okay, so if you shared now and, you and now you created already a little bit of a positive feeling towards each other, then when you bring out something that's not such a great or a little bit of a chasaran um, or a little bit of a weakness, the other person is going to be able to, to accept it so much easier. Sure. The first thing I said, you know, um, uh, whatever, I said right away, one of a negative, a chasaran, oh, forget it, I'm not even going to go mm -hmm. out with him. But when you started to hear all his mylist or her mylist, she's amazing. She's so, she's so fun and she so has a good sense of, you know, and he has a good sense and they get together and they like that. And that's creating a positive space. Then when you say, you know, once in a while or whatever, sometimes I get anxious or this or that, it's not going to sound nowhere near is that the first thing that you decided to share with him. So I say stage two, you're only allowed to say positive things. Don't worry. You'll get to stage three. But you must get, you must get to the, so some of it is that you can drip that information. Like it's your story. You know what you need to share. So you can decide the how, and that's something what I, sometimes what I do with people is like, there are things that people want to know how to share. So we kind of break it down into drips. If you can't accept the first part of it, there's no point in saying the rest of it. So you break it down, whether it's in drips for, for a specific date or in drips, of, you know, date number, again, no, no number. I'm just saying date number X. 
right in, in shear part one and the date x plus one whatever that number is for those mathematicians but then you can share part two and so they really talk about it because again it's your story you know it you own it and you know how to share it you also know that for many things that are limitations or weaknesses there is the the other side of it where somehow we got stronger for it or we met some fascinating people or import uh, impacts the work that we do so that's also part of it not everything is just straight out most things are not straight out only negative it's we and we can talk about how to bring out the other part first right so when okay. we when we lay the, the 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 carpet of positivity of look like the rabbi says first look for the good in the other person you know sometimes i'll coach someone after just a few times and i'll say and, I'll, and she'll say or he'll say oh this is really thing i go tell me what you like about him tell me what are some of his my list what is what do you like about him? What is special about him? You know, and suddenly as they're saying it, they realize like, wow, they had a lot of things to say. Often I find, and this is just what I've found with my experience with, I once told the, in a girl's class, I told them that, you know, at the beginning, do not make it personal. And one of the girls who was, you know, 24 or 25 at the time, she goes, I love what you just said, but the guys, they right away jump in and make it personal. So like, what do you do? I said, you know what you do? And you have two choices. Number one, you say, that's a great question. If they ask you something and you're just not yet ready to answer it, it just, you're not comfortable, just say, great question. Could we talk about it a little later on in the dating? And, or you could say, you know, I just took this course with Rachel Duchman. She says, we're not allowed to talk about personal things yet. You could blame it on me, but just say, great question. There's no way the guy is going to look. He might get a little puzzled for a minute, but I'll say, sure. The same thing, like you said, sometimes you do get into a subject and you're okay saying a certain amount and then you stop. So, you know, later on when in the dating process, you'll say, remember when we talked about this subject, let's talk about it a little bit more. I want to share a little more. And of course, so now you're ready to go a level deeper. So also part of that whole package of preparing the different, like the drips, as I call it, like drip a little, is also knowing your line that you'll say when he, if he asks or she asks questions that you're not, that's in another part. And you know, you really don't feel comfortable talking about it yet. Say like how, whatever line will roll up your tongue comfortably. And if you hear yourself saying it in advance, you know how to say that. So whatever it is, like we will get to that if we get to that. But right now, I think I shared enough. So that you get a picture of what's going on. Okay. So you don't have to. So whatever whatever rolls off your tongue. And actually hear yourself say it so that you can actually go there. All with a positive. When when you say it with positivity, you know, we could say the same and confidence. thing. confidence. And confidence. Exactly. Very that's true. That's part of the idea of preparing before in advance of like what, how, what and how you want to share whatever it is. Because everyone has a stuff. Everyone has something. And it's just, you know, it's a it's an and thing. It's like he's wonderful and anxious. Exactly. Fact, and people... not but. Because if you say but, you just erase everything that came before. If you say and, then it's and. Right. So we talk about how okay. it's an and. So, you know, everyone has something and their stuff. You know, like Listen. Everyone... Yeah. The Rebbe says there's no such thing as someone perfect, but every single person is unique. So what are the new unique things and unique things? And there will be someone perfect for you. We'll have unique things that are good for you. But we all know there's no such thing. I'm not perfect. And the next person is not perfect. We all have things that are unique about us and special that we bring to the table. And how does that match up with our, what we have, the person who's coming, who's sitting across us, you know? And I think that if we see someone as perfect when we're dating, then we're missing something like we're not seeing things fully or they haven't shared quite enough because nobody has and, to, uh, and also that helps us realize that we can share our imperfections because nobody is perfect and i think that if we getting engaged we're thinking that someone is perfect and not seeing any of their flaws to me is a little bit like let's see where's their humanness in this like what are you not seeing or what have they not shared and if they haven't shared why haven't they shared, which is a, a whole other piece of what I end up having conversations is how to bring up something or how to help the other person bring up something like something that you did see in research or you did find out in research and they haven't brought it up, date number, whatever, you know, 
phase two and a half or phase three. I think we use different phases. So it's just interesting to hear what your phases are. Uh, how to bring it up or do you bring the Shachan back in to say he hasn't brought up his family yet and it's date number two and a half, uh, stays two and a half. Like, or do you actually bring it up yourself? Say, I've heard this about you. Um, can we talk about that? So what do you say? Again, of course it has, like you're saying it's stage two and a half, let's just say, you know, that the girl should feel, If you, I think you were saying it in the name of the girl or the boy, they okay. should feel at this point, they should feel comfortable enough to actually bring it up in the most gentle way possible. Of course, you know, you want to, um, if you're talking about something about their family, an issue in their family or... Or medical, I don't, I don't see it as so different. Okay. There's something so, that you found out that, let, let's just use it as an example of something in their family, but I, I don't see it so different. Something that's missing, the, the elephant in the room, sort of, they're not bringing okay. it up. Now, if the girl or the boy is still dating this guy, it means it doesn't bother them that much, obviously, or else they wouldn't be there. But they still want to talk about it and find out a little bit more about it, but they know it. And they're right. still going out with the other person, means... Right. They would probably, okay, because another thing that I look at very, very strongly is I tell the girls and boys, the young men and women, while you're dating, it is not a time to sacrifice. Later on in life, some, yes, as married couples and life in life, we may have to sacrifice certain things, but dating is not a time of sacrifice. It could be a time for compromise. Oh, I really thought, I always thought I wanted a guy who does this and this. He does something different. Let me see. Am I okay with that? Could I live with that? Sure, I could live with that. But to sacrifice? No, it's so important to me that this guy doesn't touch his beard and that he's a this and this and this. And all of a sudden you're presented with someone who doesn't and the person saying, what's the big deal? You know, whatever. No, it is a big deal. And you don't have to sacrifice that if that's super important to you. That's it. You get to ha you get to go for that. That's your right. And if you feel it's a sacrifice, you should not be doing that. A compromise is okay during dating, but not a sacrifice. And I would say even the person who has who's the most giving person doesn't have a selfish bone in their body would have to become a little bit selfish during dating. It's okay because in the end of the day, this is going to be your life. Like I just had a girl I was I was coaching um, the other night and she's like the guy she finds out way into the dating is dealing with certain drugs and stuff. And but, you know, I know I could handle it. I could work at it. I could, you know, I really like him and blah, 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 you know, and I'm saying, would that be a sacrifice for you? We ended up saying, of course, it would be a sacrifice because of many reasons. But right. that's not a time I said, even if you think because you there was you saw a lot of his good and it was all there. But look, number one, he wasn't honest about that. What's the next thing he's not going to be honest about? And I said, this is where sometimes when it comes to some things like that, that are hard to see clearly for in a young person, either a parent is guiding them or a coach or a chatron or whatever, when something like that comes up that they weren't ready for, I say, here's when we have to allow a munem bitachon to kick in. And if people older and wiser than you are giving you that advice, really hear it. Really hear it. There are other things that would not be a sacrifice. It's a compromise. And maybe your mother doesn't want you to have that compromise, but it's really okay. That's you get right. to choose. And then sometimes it's worth getting an objective opinion because sometimes parents overly, are overly involved or they, for all different kinds of reasons. So I, I do, especially when it's like when you're, someone's dating and their parents have one perspective and they really feel strongly another way, it's worth getting a second opinion, a third opinion, and an objective opinion. And most and, parents would be happy, right? And most parents, and a mature adult, not their friend, right. you know. And most parents would be so happy and welcome that. If they don't, there's something wrong with them. Then they really, you know what I'm saying? Right. That's what I mean. I don't want to put anything on anyone, but most parents, if they really care for the well-being of their child and they really want the best for that child, without a question, they would welcome an opinion of, you know, I say, it's like, for example, I say sometimes to, to the, to the, to the clients that I'm talking to, you know, you're standing on the first floor and across the street, there's a two-story building. I'm standing on the roof of the house. 
up on top of the second on the on I could see what's beyond that. You can't. It's not because I'm smarter. I'm just standing at a, a vantage point that you're not at. So I could say, hey, be careful. Don't don't you don't want to do this because this is what's going on beyond that. Okay? That's the same thing, especially also with parents and children. Of course, they're very emotionally involved. They're connected like that. They cannot really see a perspective from a different prism, from a different lens. It's much, much harder. So that's when they would welcome a healthy, normal, good parent would welcome someone, you know, sort of giving an opinion in this thing or helping them through, get through something like right. that. Totally. So let's talk about your phases. I'm curious now that because we have different ones. And I think okay. it's really just the way we define things, but go ahead. Sure. So I call it ADD, attraction, direction, and the last D is almost like a double D. It's disclosure and decision. Okay. So just before we make decisions is disclosure. So attraction, what does that mean? That's the very first stage. That's where I say, like I've told you, do not get personal. It could actually be one date. Get the ice broken. Feel you know, don't feel like you're hyperventilating and you can't even breathe and you can't even, or like someone just told me, the guy didn't stop talking. And I, you know, because in the end, the guy's going to come home and realize, one minute, I don't know anything about the girl. I kept talking and never kept quiet, right. you know, right. or vice versa. And I explained to them, it's okay. Sometimes when I'm really nervous, I keep talking. People have different ways of reacting when they're scared or when they're nervous. So it means the time to break the ice. Just talk about like I told, said before, someone you met on the train or on a, you know, someone you, like you're just having a nice, friendly conversation with. That's stage one. It could be one date. It could be three dates. It could be two dates. You and him together are going to know how many dates you need for that. No decisions at all need to be made out of anything other than, yeah, I'll go out again. I, I'm curious. I'd like to learn more. I'd like to know. I don't know anything really now. I have no way to say anything. Stage two, like I said, is the longest part of the dating. It's when you start to share and discuss. You're becoming vulnerable little by little by little by a little more, a little more. Each sharing, each talking about your, your dreams and hopes for the future, your immediate things, what you want now, how you want your home, how, how you, how's your relationship with your parents, with friends, how do you interact with, you know, um, if what, it, what makes you happy? If you had a, suddenly a day off from work, what, how would you spend that day? These are questions and many, many more, which you share and you're learning about each other. The trick is like I say, you need to stay only positive. If something negative, like, or something a downer, don't talk about it yet. You're going to save it for later. You're going to share and talk and create a very nice, warm, something feeling. You know, first stage is also, you might have gone out at the beginning, you kind of, either he just thinks she's pretty. She thinks he's, he's good looking. He came all neatly dressed together. He has his act together. He likes her smile. She likes his sense of humor. A little something. There could be a little bit of a, of a, chemistry, uh, um, uh, a magnetic pull, or there could be nothing, just nothing terrible. Okay. And then stage two, it's going to grow now. Is there something? Do I want to continue to know? Do I feel like there might be potential? I don't know enough about him yet to know. I don't know how he feels about this and this. I feel strongly about certain things. I want to know how he would, you know, and I say, and the Rebbe says also, you don't have to have everything exactly the same, but you do have to want the person, what he wants, he should be able to reach his goals. The Rebbe, it's in Seeds of Wisdom, there's a letter that a woman asks the Rebbe, um, you know, does the Rebbe think that this, this dating that they were doing had like, is it, would it, could it be something? Could it become something? Because their goals in life are not the same. And the Rebbe answers her that if you're, if you are ready to help him reach his goals, you believe in him and his goals, and he believes and trusts you and is ready to help you in your goals, then sure, it could work. Right. Your values have to be similar and you're respecting each other's goals, but you don't have to be going in exactly the same place. It makes life more interesting. Right. You wanted exactly the same things. Well, no one really ever wants exactly the same things in, in every single area. 
So I just want to clarify what I was saying earlier about personal. I think. Oh, wait, I didn't say the third stage. Oh, go ahead, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let me go just ahead, finish that. Ahead, so stage three is yes. That's when now there's a really a nice feeling and you already, you know, you like each other a little bit or a little more than a little bit or whatever. And that is when those things that you feel like maybe it's not your strength or you have a little weakness or you have a little, you know, less than perfect thing, you share and you talk about those things. The thing where I am not, um, I'm not talking now about medications if you have, you know, something more than just a little allergy or, or something mm -hmm. like that. I'm not telling you when you need to say that, but I will say if you want to know some of the hardships that are coming up at arm seeing is that it's being held for too long. And I always tell them, this is a question for either your mashpia or your rabbi, your rav. I can't tell you when to tell, but I literally have seen girls and boys get so hurt because they were told to wait a little, you know, a little longer, which Again, I'm not the I'm not the the authority on that. I know that I don't know the right answer, and I wouldn't give it. You know, if you have an allergy or if you have a little bit of a a weakness that in your personality and your character. Oh, I I'm not a morning person. I can never get out of bed. I you know, okay, great. I am a morning. I'll help you wake up every morning. Or we both have that same thing. Oh my goodness, we'll have to have three alarm clocks around the house every day. You know, who's going to yeah. get up when the baby? I'm talking about more serious things. And I honestly think, I, I do think it's the job of the Rabbanim or the Mashbiyas, you know, to perhaps give the the word of, to look at it again and see that maybe it doesn't need to be said before some, each one is a different case. Also one case by one case by one case. But sometimes I feel like they're really not saying it. So my third stage is you share some of those other things. And now that's the things that you would have to decide. It's a compromise. Are you okay that I thought the girl I was going to marry would be the best cook because my mother's a fantastic cook or the opposite. My mother's terrible cooks. I need a woman who's going to, you know, I find out she doesn't even know how to boil an egg. Am I okay with that? That's a compromise. What's the big deal? I love it. I love going into the kitchen. A lot of men today do. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll learn together. Oh, you'll learn on the job. No problem. It's a compromise, you know, and other things like that. So it is a time to share the weaknesses or the, you know, not such good qualities. Hopefully they're coming into ears that there's already a positive foundation. And then you go, you're able to move forward to the part of the final decision. If a person thinks that they're going to know everything about each other, 44 years later, we don't know everything about each other, okay? And anything that we're not supposed to know, Hashem has an incredible way of working things out. When the research, you research your parents, whoever, researchers for five minutes, five months, whatever they're not supposed to know, guess what? They're not going to find out. There is a certain amount of Siyafah Maya, but I think that some people, what I'm finding is some people don't want to have difficult conversations, and so they just avoid having those conversations because they don't, or, or what I've also seen sometimes more, less recently, but people say, like, I, I, I have to share it. So they say it, they mumble, they say it as little as possible. The other person doesn't want to ask questions because they don't want to make the other one feel uncomfortable. So the conversation was said. You sound as if you came in not knowing it, but it wasn't really fully discussed. And that's why I said at the very beginning that whatever you have, you want to make sure that the other person accepts that, whether it's as big as a medical condition or your or you don't know how to cook, but all of it. A big part is making sure that you know that you're accepted. Right, and often they say, you know, you're, you're not marrying a diagnosis, you're marrying a person, Right. okay? And most of those people who do have something, they're also gonna have, like you sort of mentioned before, stronger in other areas. Either they're more understanding or they're more lovable or they're easier to, to accept or whatever. There's definitely other milas that Hashem in his wisdom gives them. When they're missing one thing or they have one challenge, Hashem gives doubles up on another positive thing. And that's where we say you have to really look at the good first. And then when you see the good, then you see what the other and then you really see which one outweighs the other. And what are those things? Don't stick them under the carpet. 
right? When I'll say to the girls and boys, the red flags come up, a red flag doesn't mean drop it, forget it, well, the shots and it's 100% off. It also doesn't mean don't worry about it because I really like this guy. It means with somebody, work it through. See, can you take it apart? Can you get clarity on it? Maybe you just have to communicate. Like this girl, she went back and communicated with the guy and found out all the other pieces that she did not know before. I said, look, you could either walk away from it or you could say to him, let's talk about this. Because as far as I'm concerned, the word communication is probably the most important word in dating before, during, and after. Communication with parents, communication with the person you're dating, communication is the most. And if you set yourself up during dating with really good communication, you can agree to disagree. You can say, I hear what you're saying. I respect that. And this is how I feel. You will be setting yourself up with the biggest bracha for a proper and a wonderful marriage. I think that like what you're saying is that part of it is seeing that you could have uncomfortable conversations, that you could have you bring up your opinion and it could be different and see how you feel bringing it up, see how you, you feel about how they respond, the other person responds, were you respected or was it shut down? All of that is so important. So it, I think that it's really important to have these uncomfortable conversations just for the experience, not even so much what the topic is, but to see that you could be vulnerable, that you could be accepted with whatever the complex situation is. So I really, I really encourage people to go in there and have those uncomfortable conversations. So much so that I was, as I talked to uh, Dr. Shana Friedman from Stone Task Force, they highly recommend that people actually have a conflict before they commit to marriage so that you can actually see that you can work through something, whether it's something as far as scheduling, like work out your schedule. And if, so some people go through the shotgun and work out the schedule through the shotgun. I think it's a missed opportunity to see how you can work through something as simple as a schedule. Because like, sometimes people clean up the conversations and I think that it's a missed opportunity. I think that as much as possible, they should be having those conversations. The uncomfortable conversations, again, it's not even so much the topic, whatever it is, it's to have those conversations. The most important thing is it should be at the right time and in the right place. Because if you have that premature or you don't have it in a correct way, that's where really a coach could help you how to direct. You don't have to say the worst, you know, you do want to share it, but are you going to come and bring it with a bunch of negativity or are you going to present it? How are you going to present it? It is what it is and you have to be honest, but there are different ways to present it and really more important than anything else is probably the time and the place the that you do it. It's the timing. The timing. So. The whole context. But I also think when you listen to someone's bringing up their their weakness or their limitations or whatever it is, also it's not only the the fact of it; it's also how they live with it. Are they how they deal with it, it right. or they, do they manage it? Again, depending what it what it is. So Correct. You're not only, it's not only finding out that there is. Let's let's just say picking on a family situation. So let's just say the word divorce, just for because so I think we got a question about that. Um, it's not only was there a divorce, but it's how they live, how they live because there was a divorce. Are they learning? Do they get new skills? Are they, you know, whatever it is. So I think not just to find out the facts, which you can find out from research, but how do they live with it or manage it? Or again, depending what it is. So it's a conversation that you want to have. It's not just the information. And, you know, something that makes me sometimes sort of like sad if people think, oh, this young girl is from a divorced family. Okay, let's match her up with someone from a divorced family. No, let them at least have one that has a full family where they can be embraced mm -hmm. and where they could spend a Shabbos and a Yom Tif and whatever. It doesn't mean just because, but as yeah. you said, how did the girl or the boy come through? Sometimes it makes them the most amazing people. They know exactly what they never want to practice or never be like, and they learn what they really want to be like and how they need to show up and what's not okay and what is okay. So, you know. So we did a whole series last year about all these different things, like with someone has addiction in their past or, or family challenges in their past, you know, for and it was a two-part. It was like, if you were the one with the family challenge or the addiction or mental health issue or the medical issue, 
and if you're dating somebody. And I think every therapist said that if someone went to therapy, it's actually a wonderful thing to bring into the marriage. If someone overcame addiction, but really overcame and not just kind of didn't do it for three months, but really overcame addiction, they and they went through their 12 steps or whatever, they are much more empathetic. There's a lot of positives that come out from it. Again, if they're on the other side of it, not if they're in the middle of it, which is a whole different piece. And you can listen to the previous podcasts about all of those. But there's so much positive, so much positive about these different challenges that someone goes through or not. Some people don't really come through it on the, on the brighter side of it, but that's what you want to be seeing. And sometimes it may be worthwhile to bring in therapist if they want to bring in a therapist or the medical doctor or somebody else. And these are one of the cases that where I think two young people can't really know the fullness of it. Bring in an adult, whether you want an adult to see you as a couple, to see you as a potential couple or to have more of a conversation. I think that's a lot for two young people to make a decision on. And I'm, I'm a big believer in bringing in a third person to into the conversations, a third or a fourth person into the conversations. So you get a fuller picture of what it is. I agree. I don't the, uh, So the question came in, how do you know if someone really worked through the challenges? And it's a lot for our conversation. I don't think that we should go there, but listen to the previous podcast. And uh, we have, it's all on the website. You can actually link to it uh, because there's so much. I do want to show uh, the convos cards that I really encourage people to have during our conversations. So uh, Adi, I, I created these convo cards. Of different conversations to have, and I think that really moves the conversation, move topics along. And these cards are really designed for developing uh, relationships to move the conversation. So it's not only information, and it's really how to have the conversations around moving the relationship along. So there's really some really great uh, conversation starters. Um, they're available on the website. They're available in Post Market on Kingston Avenue. Um, if you don't see them on the website, because unfortunately we were hacked recently, so we're rebuilding the website. So if you don't see it on the website, uh, you can email us. Um, and the, uh, you can find that, that I know is on the website, uh, the email address. So email us about those. So I think there, I get really good feedback on the cards. So enjoy those. Um, we have a couple more questions, Rahul. Um, here, this one, in your experience, how long should the sasam be involved? I have my thoughts. I'm just curious what you have. Okay. To my first answer is going to be all the way till the end. That's my first answer. Most of the time, it's in everyone's best interest. The shatran, whoever, a third party, just really takes it all the way along and is available or is part of it. I've seen a few times where it just suddenly took a turn when they thought it was all going well and it was just so much harder to navigate and to get through so that's my first answer you know like from my head I'd want to say oh yeah one things are good just take it over completely the experience I've had with people who have reached out to me is she steps back a little bit she or he but I think she should be there until they're ready to go to the aisle or whatever their form of, you know, of proposal finalizing. is finalizing is for them. Again, there are different, sometimes is an individual thing, but if I had to give a general rule, that's what I would say. So I, yes, I think that Shadchan should know the progress. I find that many Shadchanim are taking away some of the opportunities for conversations. Like they're, I think that they should be have the conversation. Many many conversations should be had between the between the two people themselves. Finding that why are we like I said earlier, they should be having these difficult conversations and see that how they can have the difficult conversations. Yes, some conversations really need some third party to kind of work it out. And I say keep them informed, but don't use my my, my opinion is don't use them to have the uncomfortable conversations for you. I totally agree with you. They have to just know the little bit, the bottom line, what's going on? How's it going? Period. You're going again. That's it. Oh, for sure not. You need a conversation. You better learn. That's what I said before. You better learn how to communicate now. It's going to serve you for the rest of your life. And if you don't communicate now, I had a girl who called me once. 
the guy had already proposed to her, but it was going to take a little longer till they were going to the aisle, and she was afraid to tell him something, okay? And I'm like, one minute. What's going on here? Do you want to go into a marriage where you're going to be afraid to tell your husband? Like, it wasn't something, you know, like earth, whatever. Anyways, Baruch Hashem, they had the opportunity and she listened to me and they did have a conversation and they communicated. Everything was perfect. It was wonderful. She sort of worried for nothing. Had she not done that, there would have been this thing that something holding like holding her breath or, you know, like the feeling it's like you can't breathe or you can't do, you get this pain in your stomach because there's something there that was making a block, you know? So you don't want that to happen. So of course, the Shatran should not be asking the questions or having the conversations, okay? You guys better figure it out. If you can't talk now, where are we heading for, you know? Yeah. It's just to be like sort of a technical reason, because in case there is something really that will clearly the, the coach will understand and see, or the, you know, that where the problem came up, sometimes it might just be a little less painful and a little less personal when someone can help them out at that point. Some people will say, tell the shotgun, like this is what I see. And I always tell them to go, uh, like, go back into the conversation themselves. But they would say, can you tell them this? And like, it's not the easiest one, but you have to strengthen that muscle with whoever you're going to marry. So strengthen that muscle now and just get used to having conversations that are not the easiest conversations. They could be smooth and wonderful all the way through, but for most people, it doesn't go 100% all the way through smoothly. And and I think that even those who will end 100% smoothly, are they really bringing out their full character or they're bringing out all their opinions? You do want that. I think every marriage and every relationship should have different perspectives. And so therefore the marriage gets even more interesting and you have more interesting ideas and better solutions. If you have different perspectives and you allow for each other different perspectives, you don't have to be exactly the same. And I think having some experience of seeing each other's perspective, how your two ideas come together and make a third idea, I think is really what we're kind of looking for. We can't fabricate it maybe, but we're looking for that. And I think that if you go on a date and the place is closed, I think it's a wonderful opportunity to see how you deal with the stress and how you can come up together with another place to go. So I really enjoy when the dating doesn't go perfectly. I think it really works out to me more real life and to see how, how each other works. So I really welcome that. And I really think that don't rely on the shotgun to hide your discomfort. And sometimes the shotgun can help you understand what happened, perhaps. Like I know one couple where... Oh, the dating was going wonderful and one date was just really off it turned out that her sister's baby was really really ill and she didn't want to announce it yet so the date was off because she was thinking about her sister's baby but she didn't want to talk about it right so but she ended up telling the shotgun just let him know that that date was not really me like so that's where she used the shotgun i think really she could have gone in next time and said or said something Right. I'm sorry, that wasn't, that's not me, but okay, I can see that's a role where maybe we're soft and could explain it because of the, the newness, the shock to the family of whatever was happening, she didn't even want to talk about it. I could see that there, there is that role place for the shock, but many things people try to use the shock to hide their discomfort. And I encourage them to go back in. Sometimes we talk about how to, how to, how to bring it up, but not to, not to use the shock as a buffer. I think we have time for one more question. There's so much more that we can talk about, like for hours. So there's so many different scenarios. And maybe we can have another conversation. How about this one? He doesn't compliment me and he doesn't tell me what he feels about me. I don't want to tell him that I need to hear something nice about me, but what should I read into his not sharing his feelings? This is this is good one. This is definitely a good one. I once told a real Hasidish boy. That, and this was under rabbinical supervision because I had asked a rabbi who was also uh, in relationship specialist and everything. And he said, you got to tell him to give her a compliment straight out. Tell her she, I like, you're wearing a pretty dress. I like your dress. Something like that. The guy almost had a heart attack. He said to me, I never told my mother something like right. that. I said, I think you better go home tonight and tell your mother that. <laughs> That's for sure. That's number one. Right. You know? So... There are a lot of things that sometimes a young man, a young woman may think it's not sneers or it's not okay. When you're creating this relationship, not only it's okay, 
it's necessary. You have to in a sneer sticker way. You're in whatever. There's nothing wrong with saying, oh, I love what you just said. Or you have such a cute smile or nice glasses or something like that. You look pretty today. Mm -hmm. When you're getting to that place where you have something building, there is that chemistry. There is that drawing of the hearts. You know, a very, very strong thing that I talk to young men, young women about is every relationship, every marriage, like a home, must have a solid foundation. And I ask them, what do they think is part of that foundation? And we come up with a lot of good things. Of course, we know the rabbi says, that's a given. We're talking about the other found, you know, the other solid foundation and what's that all about. And I get, a, I love, I love when I get what I want to hear, you know, and the really good feedback. The bottom line is we bring it down to three things. We bring it down to number one, respect, that you each have to be able to have complete, and you brought up respect many times. That's why I wanted to share this now. You must have complete and total respect one for each other. The second thing is a trust. You have to be able to completely and totally trust each other. And the third thing is you want to call it love, you want to call it feelings, because the best relationship, and you respect and you trust, but there's no feelings, you can't go forward with that. Right. You might be, there's no feelings because you were holding yourself, you locked yourself up in there, and the guy or the girl has to say, get out of, you know, get out of there, and open yourself up, and allow the feelings in. You know, I once had a guy say, I have no feelings. Oh, do you get excited when you know you're going out? Yeah. What do you think that is? You know, I don't know. He thought that he was going to see major fireworks. Yeah, that's wonderful. Today, we don't know we see those major fireworks, but we have to be able to um, notice. But you must have that foundation, respect. And you know what I tell them? And it's not from me. Love on its own ain't going to make it. Sometimes people could end up falling in love with the wrong person. A love that's surrounded with and encompassed with and everything with respect. Yeah, it's like I always give the muscle and, and everyone, I, we laugh about it already. I say, you know, what do we learn? When I say the name Rabbi Akiva, what comes to your mind? Okay, so how was it possible that 24,000 of his Talmidim died and they didn't have Avas Israel? This guy's the epitome of Avas Israel. How was that? How could we even understand that? Right. So what I learned only a while after I've been was sharing things like this, that his, the Rebbe has a sikha on it where he says, it wasn't that they didn't love each other. They loved each other. What was the problem there? They did not respect each other. So when one thought he had the most incredible um, explanation on what they were learning or whatever, and the other one didn't agree with it, they, they didn't respect each other. Because a love without the respect ain't going to make it. And when is it a real, true, deep love when it comes along with the respect and the trust? When you completely and totally respect each other, you respect and you know, hey, we don't have to have the exact same opinion, but I respect how you feel about it. Here's how I feel about it. Let's see, can we come to a middle way? Or maybe this time we'll agree, we'll do it your way and next time we'll do it my way. Or or what could we do where we, we both feel comfortable, but you communicate about it because you respect each other. Right. And the same is with trust. When you have those three components, you have a solid foundation. The home you build on top of that, you could hope will be full of brachas and good times. And you know what I said? I think part of what Golos is, is challenges. You know, mm-hmm. after the Shana Vishayna, mm-hmm. after the honeymoon and everything, we do have challenges. But a marriage and a relationship that's based on respect and trust and love Together, you will be able to face up to anything that comes your way. You'll work it out together. In the Free Dicker Rabbi, I think it was told to Rabbi Gordon Sr. that uh, to his wife when she went into a Yechidus that now you have a second person you could share everything with. You don't have to decide or go by yourself. You have someone else that could do it with you. That's one of the things of a marriage. And I think it's nice to see that, to experience that when you're dating, like have something that you are experiencing that you made a decision together. I think that when you decide together where you're going to go out, like just get in the car together, just like, and that's the real life. It's like, what are we going to do this Sunday? And I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Like, let's, 
Oh, we thought that only happens in our house. That happens everywhere? I'm happy to hear that. So, so we're normal. So okay. go, you know, go through that a little. You don't have to, he doesn't have to plan everything just the, specifically so that you can see that you can work something out. Um, just going back to the compliments, I think that we can come, there's so much to compliment. And sometimes people don't want to compliment on looks and sometimes girls don't want the first compliment to be on their looks and some girls do it's, but you know, like you said, compliment, oh, that's such an interesting insight. That's, that's starting to be a compliment. It doesn't say the word admire, right. but you're right. really, or, or even I admire how you explained that, or I really like how you, you can move up to the word admire is what I'm saying. Like you, you, feel, <laughs> you feel like admire is a word up, start with. Interesting is, I hear you. Yeah, right. I hear you. That's good. And then it gets, so I like it or I love it. And, right. you know, there's no way that you could, you know, we, you, yes, certain things you'll feel, certain things just happen. Hashem makes it like that. It's in the air or it's surrounding you. But when it comes to it, you do need to say, you need to say, like, I know I've heard before from many, even my own children sometimes, okay, what's going on? What does he think? You know, everything's good. What do you mean? Tell me a little bit more. I need to know, you know, and, and like bump it up a little bit. If you like this girl, if you like this guy, whatever, it's okay to say in respectful, nice, sneeistic way to actually give each other, like you say, starting out little. And if the relationship is growing a little bit bigger, that's all. And not to, and this is going back to what we said about the shotgun, not to use the shotgun to say that I, I, I do like, like I, I like her or the shotgun says the other one I like, they should be able to tell in themselves that they, that this relationship is moving and they should also be able to tell like, and like that they're ready to get the proposal. They should know that a lot of times the problem is because they're afraid of being vulnerable. They each are waiting to sort of let the other one first, you know. So sometimes a shatling can just give a little word and then go, Oh, really? He kind of, you know, he told you nice things about me. Then she feels safer to actually right. bring it up herself. That's okay, you know. Right. That sometimes you need that little extra encouragement or that little extra good word that you know. Like if you kind of don't know how to read him or you really don't know where you're standing. So a little bit of that could help. And then you take over from there. Then the right. young man or the young woman just take over and move forward. And similarly, I think that they themselves should know that, like especially the guy who's proposing, he should know that he's going to be getting a yes. Like he should know that from the relationship, not from the shotgun. Right. I feel they should have had conversations, re-conversations or our wedding conversations or our l'chaim conversations. I always say, we start off saying you're talking about you or he or her, and then it becomes we. So actually in, in these cards, we actually move them in progression. There's, I don't know if you can see, there's different colors. I and have the cards, of course. I bought them and I encourage a lot of the yeah. girls and boys to get them. Right. And so we move along to, to we. Right. And then move along to our apartment. And I, don't, I feel that, and the therapist I worked with as I developed it, they should not be committing to marriage before they can talk about our apartment. <laughs> like this should be a, a we. There should be a real solid concept of we. And so that's uh, these were developed with the therapist for those reasons because we need to get to that we. So we shouldn't be able. To, we shouldn't have that. I don't know how to bring something up. We should really be thinking of ourselves as a couple. Not that we checked off the last check and the ink is just about dry, and we don't see ourselves as a couple. But yes, we. We know everything about each other, or we think we do, because we really don't. And then we commit to marriage. There should be that sense of relationship that we are a couple, that we're going to be a couple that have shared destiny. And I'm and I'm not going to lie; it's not an easy thing, because most of these young men and women that we're talking about were brought up with: don't talk to a girl, don't look at a girl, don't talk to a boy, don't think, don't breathe, don't whatever. And all of a sudden, go talk, breathe, create a relationship, like. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not, you know. So that's why a lot of times with a little bit of encouragement and help from a coach or from a third party or whoever you want to call them could really make the whole thing just much easier, much smoother and eliminate and get rid of a lot of the speed bumps in the road so you don't have to feel those. And if, they, if anyone comes up, they help. The person will help you realize it's just a bump. 
it's just a speed bump to slow down the traffic or to do whatever it is. Here's the reason for it. We could get by that. It's not, it's not a red flag where it means call it off. I mean, sometimes we also, because I've seen some red flags and we help. Oh, hundred percent. You know, there's certain things and I'll say to the young girl or the young boy, I'll say, until we clarify that, I will not let you, you know, you will not go further or whatever. No, 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 no. This is important. You know, like sometimes when they say, I don't know, is it a red flag? Just we talk about it and we see, and I get them to come from them where they realize, oh, that's really not a big deal or it is one. And no, you're not going to just say, oh, well, it's okay. No, no, you don't get to go forward until we figure this out. This is super important. I'm not telling you it's not going to work out, but we got to see, can we get through this the right way? And that's how I'll help them through it. And then Baruch Hashem, it's like, it's like the, the biggest brick was lifted off their shoulders. So we covered a lot, but there's so much more. So if anyone wants to reach out to you, you can reach out to your website, autumncoaching.net. Or you can reach out to us at Adeyad. You can reach out to myself, to Krasniansky at adeyad.org. And, uh, well, much aslacha with your shidduchim. I want to tell you thank you so much for having me on, to have the honor and the and the privilege to be on with you. You do incredible work. Thank and um, Kanai Nahara, like, we need more of us, you know, and we should just hopefully the parents and the young girls and boys should understand and realize that we're here to help them. And it doesn't mean they're less than something's no. wrong with them because they wanted to use a coach or they, it means that they're actually brighter and smarter and they realize that someone who could help make their journey smoother. So thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, everybody. Right. Good okay. night. Good night. Yeah. Happy Rosh Chodesh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.